Greetings to you, everybody online. Glad you're joining us. I've got uh, candy bars to give away, but I don't have any questions to ask. What chapter are we in? Yeah, what what chapter of Jeremiah are we in today? It's twenty. Emmett, here, give, you were bold enough, give one to him and Pam. My notes stopped Okay, well, he, you're almost there. That's good. Seemed like I had another announcement or two to make, but I can't think what it is right now. Jim, I appreciate you doing the announcements. We, uh, Typically, Pastor Brian will send out some announcements uh, besides those in the bulletin. But anyway, I didn't get those today. But uh, I think the pastors tonight are going to talk about uh, kind of the format of the Fabulous Fifth on the 29th. But yeah, if you're part of uh, Life Issues, it'd be good if you could be here that morning. And... uh, I'm thinking about just maybe trying to interview Pat again for part of it. Oh, yeah. Maybe do a 20 or 30 minute of that, but yeah. we'll see. So, yeah, I'll be turning to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 20. <clears throat> and uh, I feel like uh, our man Jeremiah, something significant happens to him in this chapter. And he actually gets uh, persecuted. And that, that's how this chapter starts out. Uh, he, gets, he gets smitten, and it's a little bit maybe debatable what uh, happened to him. But here in Jeremiah chapter 20, this guy named uh, Pashur, chapter 20, verse 1. Did everybody get a handout? I need to make some more books, don't I? I need to get some more. Does everybody kind of put those in their folders? If you're... I probably should have a couple blank ones here. Do I have any? I bet we could get one. Tom, did you get a... Are you talking about these kind of folders? Yeah. There's one up above there. Maybe it's a little different. Are those empty? No. Oh. I don't know if there's any. Well, anyway, we'll get Matt and Marcy one. Anybody else that might want one. So if somebody could read for us these first six verses of Jeremiah 20, we will get kicked off. Verses 1 through 6. Jim, you got it? Got it. <laughs> now, for sure, the son of Imer, the priest who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Then Peshur smote Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. And it came to pass on the morrow that Peshur brought forth Jeremiah out of the stocks. And then said Jeremiah unto him, The Lord hath not called thy name Peshur, but Magar Mishabib. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will make thee a terror to thyself and to all thy friends, 
and they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and thine eyes shall behold it. And I will give all Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry them captive into Babylon, and shall slay them with the sword. Moreover, I will deliver all the strength of this city, and all the laborers thereof, and all the precious things thereof, and all the treasures of the kings of Judah will I give unto the hand of their enemies, which shall spoil them, and take them, and carry them to Babylon. And thou, Peshur, and all that dwell in thine house shall go into captivity, and there shall come to Babylon, and there shalt thou die, and thou shalt be buried there, thou and all thy friends to whom thou hast prophesied lies. Yeah, pretty harsh. <laughs> That's been cool to be there. He's pointing his bone. Yeah, yeah. So the thing that happened kind of new, because at the end of verse 1, it says uh, that they heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. So he's actually prophesying from this valley about, you know, the pending death and because of... They've denied the word of the Lord. And so this guy is a chief governor, uh, Peshur, however you would say that. And it says that he smote Jeremiah. So that's the thing that happened new. So a couple times people have said, you know, they've kind of accused, they've, they've persecuted him before with their word. But this is the first time it really got physical. Uh, in chapter 20 here. So I, I feel like, you know, the Bible says that no temptation has taken us, but such as is common to man. And But God uh, is faithful. He won't allow us to be tempted above that which we're able, but will with the temptation make way of escape. And so I feel like maybe Jeremiah has grown in his faith enough that... Uh, and and I don't know exactly what it means to be smote, but some people think it was like the 39 lashes, uh, 40 save one, is what I was reading about this. And so he was beaten nearly to death, probably, and then put in these stocks. And, you know, kind of amusement parks have stocks sometimes, and you can put your head and your hands in them. But uh, he, so he spent all night that way. So you can imagine he's, you know, he's physically hurt, and now he's having to stand and stay awake all night, you know, with his head and his hand in these things. And so it's really a brutal punishment and a shame that this Pashur did to Jeremiah, who's the man of God. This is the prophet. This is our hero. And he's getting uh, punished for doing the Lord's will. And I think if if we look back at chapter 11 for just a minute, hold your place here, look, look back at chapter 11. And verses 18 and 19 tell that he was getting some persecution back then. Uh, Jeremiah 11, 18 and 19. He said, And the Lord hath given me knowledge of it, and I know it. Then thou showest me their doings. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. And I knew not that they devised devices against me, saying, Let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof, and let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name may be no more remembered. So they were saying these things about Jeremiah back in chapter 11, but now they actually act on it. 
And so he, he took a whooping for the Lord here, didn't he? And so when he comes out of it, he pronounces this judgment against uh, Peshur. And what do you think his name means that uh, Jim read that Magar Misabib? It, it, it's it's actually in the next verse. Yeah. So look at verse 4 there back in chapter 20. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will make thee a terror. And so his name, that Magor Mishabib, means terror on every side. So terror is what goes in your blank. Just the word terror. Yeah, so I'm sure, and I think I've seen a couple different renderings of it, but I, I thought I'd use the Bible word there mentions terror. Now, in verse 4, it mentions the king of Babylon. I thought this was interesting. That's why I left you another blank here. So in verse 4 is the first mention of this little phrase, king of Babylon. But now, guess how many more times it's mentioned in the book of Jeremiah? Candy bar. You can do that for each of the books. I could. Oh, yeah, good idea. How many more times do you think it's in this book? Seven? That's a good guess. It's way more. Yeah. 80. It's oh, wow. 80 more times in this. Wow. Like, like king of Babylon. Yeah, the mention King of Babylon. Pam, you got to get one just for guessing. Which one do you like the best? Twix, Snickers. This looks like dark Milky Way. I better take a Snickers. Can't go wrong with Snickers. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So from this point on, uh, 80 times King of Babylon is mentioned. <clears throat> and so then uh, Jeremiah goes on to make these predictions that he's going to make him a terror to himself and his friends. And uh, your friends will fall by the sword of enemies. Your eyes will behold it. I will give Judah in the hand of king of Babylon he will carry them captive to Babylon he will slay them with the sword he will deliver uh, strength and labors of Jerusalem into the hands of enemies the enemies will spoil Babylon and Pasher and his house will go into captivity and Pasher and his house will die and be buried in Babylon so the thing I thought I would do today uh, at this point is just to talk about some reasons for suffering because uh, at the end of this, I mean, Jeremiah does complain to the Lord like, Lord, um, in fact, maybe before I, let's finish the front page of our, let's read verses 7 through 9. Uh, Sarah, do you have 7 through 9 you can read? Oh, Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil. The word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. 
yeah, it's pretty heavy. So Jeremiah is praying to the Lord. He, he felt deceived like, you know, God, you didn't tell me this would happen. And, uh, you know, when Jim prayed a minute ago, he, he prayed, you know, people have died to bring us our Bible. And I, I think what we're reading here about Jeremiah is foreign. And uh, partially... One of the reasons I love the Life Issues Recovery Ministry, it it's raw. I like. I mean, I grew up in church, and I I kind of grow weary of kind of plastic people. You know, we come in, we put on a happy face, and we're dressed nice, and but I, the jail ministry as well as recovery group, and uh, you know, recently I I have worked with a little bit a homeless guy and uh, when I picked him up to bring him to a meeting a week or two ago I said you know how long has it been since you took a shower and he 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 said I I don't remember I just thought wow and uh, you know how hot it's been and you know I picked him up at the park where he's been sleeping and I just thought wow that that's good for me to hear because you know we 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 clean up we shave we put on perfume or whatever and uh so this passage we're reading is pretty raw if if you think about this bloody beaten prophet who's a godly man and uh put in stocks and and beaten and and his complaint before the lord I, i thought i would just uh kind of focus on some reasons for suffering today and I know uh, Pam and maybe others I, I've taught, um, but I think it's good for us to think about, you know, true true suffering. We know uh, missionaries now that in other countries and, and maybe coming to our country, even some persecution. But uh, one of the reasons, and I'll just kind of list these in order, and maybe they can see them, but... Turn turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter twelve, and this is in our discipleship lessons too. So, but this is the way I. Uh, the Lord chastens us. Uh, to be pure. Uh, Hebrews twelve. And this is pretty famous, but it's good for us to look at and rehearse. So we're just going to take the next 15 or 20 minutes and talk about this thing of suffering. So Jeremiah, I'm sorry, uh, Hebrews 12. I think it's starting with, with verse 5. And I'll just read 5 through 11 here. It's it's pretty straightforward. It says, Ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And I'll stop there just for a minute. But... Uh, you know, chastening has to do with some kind of punishment, or but um, the thing I want us to think about is the reason the Lord chastened, and I love this 
you know, our King James Bible renders it this. I, I don't know how other Bibles do, but it's uh, someone who is chaste. Uh, you know, Paul wants to present the church at Corinth to the Lord as a chaste virgin, right? And so it has to do with purity. So he chastens us in order to purify us and to make us pure. And verse 7 says, If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they, meaning our our fathers of the flesh, verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he, that means uh, the Father of spirits, for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And so it's it's not pleasurable to get a, a, a whooping or to be behind the woodshed, so to speak. It's it's grievous, but afterward it, it does yield. You're better for it. And so this is one form of chastisement or suffering. And that's what uh, we're trying to promote here or uh, present here is reasons for suffering. But I don't think this is necessarily... This is probably not why Jeremiah is chastened because he didn't do anything wrong. He's this really is not why Jeremiah is chased. So we we chasten, we we swat our children, we put them in timeout, or we do some kind of punishment because we're wanting to correct them. But uh, Jeremiah, this is not really the reason he was being uh, chastened. Uh, another reason, <clears throat> let me look at my notes here, <clears throat> is to grow to be strong. You know, all of us, you know, are to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have to grow in order to become that. <clears throat> And so just as a child has to grow physically, a child of God has to go through a process of growing spiritually. Discipline. <laughs> no, it's a chastity, it's discipline. Yeah, yeah, so chastising. Is, that's good. I, and, and, and discipline. Because uh, a new word for me. Good, and that's fine. You don't, you don't hear it a lot. Yeah. That's, true. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, when the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt, it says, uh, now, this might be good for all of us just to look at. Look at Exodus chapter 1. <clears throat> now, 
Now, I'm glad you brought up that word, Leo, uh, discipline, because that's actually a form of discipleship. Discipleship has to do with growing, uh, to be disciplined. And, and you know, the Olympics are going on right now, and, and you know those are very disciplined athletes. To, so, so there's a certain amount of suffering they go through to discipline themselves to eat right and to drink right and to get up and to exercise their skills. So look at Exodus chapter 1 now. And uh, Pam Anderson, do you have verse 12 for us? Yeah, it says the more they afflicted him, the more they grew. And that, that's a wild thing that's true of Christianity. I mean, Jim mentioned that people died to preserve our Bible for us. And, uh, and, and I'm sure it took them a, a process because, you know, we, we've grown soft in America to... You know, it, it can we can read it or not, but yeah, if our lives were on the line to, you know, if we were threatened, don't you go to church this morning? There's something, you know, it would it would you would have to weigh out. Do I love the Lord enough to, you know, do what I need to do? And so the the children of Israel experienced that. Uh, the more they were afflicted and they were in bondage, it actually uh, promoted their, their growth. And it's really a, a wild thing to, to think about. <clears throat> and, and and does anyone know First Peter 2.2? It's... Uh, it's one of our memory verses. It says, "As newborn babes, yeah, that you may grow thereby." And so it it takes milk of the word to grow. It's if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So anyway. Uh, but children go through kind of uh, growing pains, they call it, right? Maybe they don't sleep right, they're teething, you know. It, But it's part of their growth, isn't it? So anyway, uh, again, though, I, I don't think this is why Jeremiah was suffering. Um, maybe, I mean, it's in chapter 20. So he'd been a prophet for several years by this time. And maybe he'd grown to the point where... The Lord knew he could handle it, but I mean, I don't think that's necessarily why he was suffering, just so he could uh, grow or to be stronger. But look with me now at Second Corinthians. I, I think this is probably why he was suffering. Second Corinthians chapter one, and this will be familiar. Uh, Tom, do you want to read this one, brother? 
Tom's been doing a little suffering lately. So hopefully this is helpful to you, Tom. Second Corinthians 1 and really verses 1 through 6. If you well, really just the first three. Or no, first six. Go ahead and read all six verses. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, of the church of God, which is at with all the saints which are in all Achaia, grace be unto you in peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them with our any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounded by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the injury of the, the same suffering which we all or whether you be comforted, it is for your consolation Thank you, Tom. And, uh, you know, in verse 3, it says that God is the God of all comfort. And uh, most of you remember Dennis Bell. He, he passed on now. But uh, one thing I remember Dennis Bell taught me kind of back in shepherd school, he was, he was leading the hosp- uh, hospital visitation group. And he said, if God is the God of all comfort, if we're going to be comforted, we need the Lord. And I, that kind of stuck with me. That and, and Paul is saying that. He's saying that God is the God of all comfort. And God comforted us in our tribulation. And he says, with the same comfort uh, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. So this is the way I phrase this, that... You know, Paul was comforted. It equipped him to minister to others. And I know that's somewhat true in in addiction, that someone who is in recovery is better able to help those that are trying to start recovery because they can relate, right? They've been through something here. And so I, I do think this is probably why Jeremiah went through what he did. And I, I teach that as, as the reason for Job's suffering as well. Job really didn't suffer of any fault of his own. He, he wasn't being disciplined. Uh, I'm sure it helped him grow. And so maybe all these play a little part in it. But for the most part, Job ministers to us a day, today because he suffered well. He, he became patient. And so I do think that this is uh, Jeremiah and uh, Job. And uh, more importantly, I want you to think of Jesus. All, all three J words there. But Jesus did not suffer for any fault of his own, and he was God in the flesh. He, he didn't need to grow. 
but he did minister it says that he gave his life a ransom for many and so I, I think and I don't know is there any thoughts as we're talking about this uh, anything you're thinking about the, the, the passage that Tom read it uh, this is maybe the most clear it says that God comforted us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort uh, them which are in any trouble by the same comfort that they they received and uh, I was I was actually thinking Sarah of, of your husband Kyle you know soldiers in the army there's a certain amount of suffering they do and they're not doing it for them they're protecting our country they're doing it for others you see what I'm saying and so I think just even the things that they go through uh, we benefit from right <clears throat> and, and and hopefully we won't have to uh, shoot at someone or be shot at by someone because they're on the front lines for us so anyway Jesus Christ exhibited this form of affliction and persecution because he suffered through no fault of his own even unto death and God brought him through it and allowed it for our benefit and for the fruit that you and I can have hope of one day being raised from the dead also alright well let let me give you the last one here and see see if this is true in your own lives God allows suffering in the lost so to be saved yeah there you go and that that's a lot of our testimonies maybe you know you, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and it, it brings you to the Lord we we went through uh, some financial difficulties and just turmoil in our lives and that, that suffering that we went through it finally brought us to our knees to where we needed we knew we needed the Lord and and it's true of all of us none of us probably go to the doctor until we are sick right <laughs> and once uh, and so the, that that amount of suffering takes you to the place where you you want to get better <clears throat> I wrote here that there's several examples in the gospel of people coming to Jesus to be healed because of their infirmities the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years had spent all her living in desperation as a last resort she shot, she sought to touch the hem of his garment she did and was healed two blind men called from a distance and Christ heard them and came to them and healed them the centurion beseeches the Lord that he would heal his daughter and as Christ starts to go with him the centurion desires him to just speak the word with faith that just Christ's word alone is able to give life to his daughter and it did in the Old Testament this is one of Jim's favorite stories of Naaman it illustrates this principle too because he received healing of his deadly and hopeless disease called leprosy once he obeyed God's will for his life. And so all these things, these infirmities, bring people to the Lord. 
and so it's you know it's just like the the uh, swimmer even even if he's a or she is a great swimmer you know if 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 they you know if it gets dark and they can't get back to shore and the winds pick up and you know they start to drown that that's when they reach for the life preserver right and so that that's kind of this principle here that God allows these he orchestrates the events that our our suffering brings us to him so amen to that good suffering that's when we learn the most it is isn't it a whole lot dream joyous and happy you know those are those are moments in time but yeah suffering have you thought about that since you've had you've been down yourself haven't you sure have yeah so you appreciate your health health and you appreciate it a lot it makes you think of people that have pain every single day yeah that is so severe that they don't talk about it that they're in Mm. Yes, Sherry saying for the purpose of our listeners, just uh, that it caused her to appreciate her health and think of those that are suffering because of the suffering you go through. So that's good. Very good. So anyway, I just thought that was a good time in Jeremiah to. Talk about those, and, and there may be other ways to say those things. There may be other reasons, but those are just ways that I have <clears throat> helped me formulate and talk to people. And I, I would say, more than any other topic, the, these are topics that I've brought up in, in counseling situations, uh, other than you know communicating the gospel. But uh, all right, well, let's look at the last part of. Jeremiah here. There's a couple more things. So look at Jeremiah 20, verse 10. Jeremiah 20, verse 10. Can somebody read 10 to 13 for us? Angie, you got it? For I heard the deep ending of many here on every side. Reports say they, and we will report it. All my commanders watched for my halting saying, Peradventure he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty terrible one. Therefore my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. But O Lord of hosts, that triest the righteous, and seest the reins and the heart, let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto them have I opened my cause. Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of evil doers. So, yeah. Yep, you did, didn't you? Yep. yep. So he says there in verse 10 that, uh, For I heard the defaming of many, fear on every side. Uh, he says, All my familiars watched for my halting and, and saying, uh, That would be a terrible way to live, isn't it? It's like, man, I hear everybody around me kind of whispering, wanting my demise. Everybody's waiting for me to fail. And that's kind of how he's looking at it, I think. 
it's like I'm defamed by, and it's all the people I'm familiar with. It's like, man, I I can't share my thoughts with anybody because uh, you know they're going to ridicule me for it or wish me pain. And so he really is crying out to the Lord here. And uh, I gave you a couple blanks there. My persecutors will stumble and not prevail. So that that's a great promise that. Uh, he is claiming there they're not going to prevail against him and his persecutors uh, will be ashamed and not prosper either. And I, I've kind of watched that a little bit even in my own life and I, I don't take joy in it. Uh, I, will, I will share one thing. And to, I mean, I won't, maybe this side of heaven I won't know. But uh, I took a trip to uh, Newark, New Jersey with two other guys from my work and we were uh, we were getting trained on some equipment for a packaging line and this was, I was a new Christian and I uh, one of the guys was kind of on the fence he, you know, when he was with me I mean, he could, you know, he had a wife and they had a family. Uh, we babysitted their kid once. But the other guy was, like, very anti-Christian. And so we, we had, like, a three-hour layover on the way back. And I can remember just, like, for an hour, I was telling them about the Lord and the Bible. We were in the airport. And they're just, I mean, I, I got up and I would just talk to them. I mean... And the one guy was just so anti, you know, if if God is real, you know, why not this? And the Bible can't be true. And he was just really... So when we get back, and uh, hopefully this makes sense, but uh, so me and the one guy, we filled out an expense report. You know, they pay for your hamburgers and eating out. And we both had, you know, $120 worth of stuff. Well, the other guy turned in like a three or $400 expense report. And his boss, uh, our boss, you know, said, you know, th- this is significantly more than the other guys. You know, he gave him a chance to correct. Well, the guy put like another 100 on there, turned it back in. So they fired him. And anyway, I kind of look at this and I wonder, like, you know, is God, you know, not allowing him to prosper because, you know, he railed against me and the Lord. And so I think about the. I was like, wow, you know, this is like God's judgment on this person. Maybe I don't, I don't know. So we'll we'll see. And hopefully... He uh, turned and gave his life to the Lord at some point, maybe. Um, <clears throat> so what I put here is our love for the Lord must outweigh the hatred from others. And it, it's funny kind of how some people's words kind of stick with you. And Pam, I know you experienced this. You told me uh, once, but uh, <clears throat> I, I was dealing with a guy from jail, and anyway, he he ended up having to go to jail, and and he blamed me for it. And uh, in, in that matter, I, I was innocent. And anyway, the thing Randy Foster told me at the time, he goes, Steve. 
Not everybody's going to like you. <laughs> and that, that really helped me more than you think because you want everybody to like you. But uh, that, that really helped me kind of like, okay, you know, if I love the Lord and, I'm certain, you know, the world's not always going to like me. And so that, that really was helpful in, <clears throat> because we can't <clears throat> be serving the Lord just to please people. And so Jeremiah, that was a teaching point for him. Uh, All his familiars are speaking badly of him and about him and waiting for him to fail. But God's telling him they're not going to prevail and they're not going to prosper. And you just need to keep loving me, Jeremiah. Well, let's look at this last thing. This is kind of prophetical here. And we've got about uh, 20. I'm going to step out just a little early. I think Angie and I are going to be at the Life Issues table out here. So we need to leave a few minutes early to get out there. But uh, verses 14 through 18, uh, Pam, would you mind reading those today? I'm sorry, 18 through the end, or 14, 14 through the end of the chapter. First to the day wherein I was born, let not the day wherein my mother bear me be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought tidings to my father, saying, A man child is born unto thee, making him very glad. And let that man be as the cities which the Lord overthrew, and repented not. And let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noontide, because he slew me not from the womb, but that my mother might have been my grave, and her womb to be always great with me. Wherefore came I forth out of the womb to see labor and sorrow, and my day should be consumed to shame. So Jeremiah here is cursing the day of his birth. The word birth goes in there. And so it's it's cursing his, his birthday. And the thing, th- this becomes prophetical here. And I learned this when I was teaching... Uh, the book of Job, but look in verse 15 there. This little phrase, man child. Now, now look, look, uh, look also in the book of Revelation. Let's go to the book of Revelation and see this in chapter 12. Because this exact same phrase, and in fact, Jim, this is one of the kind of the nuggets I got out of your Ruckman book, was uh, when Job curses the day of his birth, he mentions this same thing, the day that a man-child is born. And we know that Job is connecting, uh, connected with the upcoming tribulation. And here in Revelation 12... Uh, 1 through 6, I'll I'll read this for us. Revelation 12, 1 through 6. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And some, uh, some commentaries will liken this to the uh, Roman Catholic Church, but it's not. It's Israel, and, and we'll see that here. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a gray red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. 
and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, and to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child. And that's the exact same little phrase that Jeremiah and Job mention. She brought forth this man-child, uh, and his, it's, it's Jesus Christ, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to the, unto God and to his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her a thousand two hundred and threescore days." And I'll, I'll stop there. But uh, so this this woman, uh, she travails in birth and has this this man child, and he was caught up to heaven, and and of course he uh, comes back at, at Armageddon. And so anyway, this is uh, prophetical that Jeremiah is talking. So it's just very interesting that this man child that's mentioned here, as well as Job. Um, so anyway, this last little section of, of Jeremiah 20 is very uh, prophetical in meaning. <clears throat> and uh, let's look at this uh, next section. He, he mentions that even that the person that announces his birth should be overthrown so he's telling how terrible it was that he was born even the person that announces it should be overthrown like the cities the Lord overthrew and what do you think that's a reference to some cities that the Lord overthrew yeah yeah Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and there's a couple other cities with it and um this last section, verses 17 and 18, uh, is just saying that Jeremiah did not die in the womb. He did come forth to see labor and sorrow and shame. <clears throat> and my teaching point here is to consider what it would be like if you had not gotten born again. So the word again goes in your blank. And you think about that. You know, what if there wasn't a Jeremiah? What if no one had warned them? Then God wouldn't have been fair, would he? If he would have just taken them into captivity in Babylon without this messenger. So those are the things that uh, I'm thinking as Jeremiah is saying, Boy, you know, darn that guy that had to tell my dad that he's having a boy child. And, you know, it would have been better if I would have just died in the womb. So he's kind of feeling sorry for himself. But I think it's also good to think about what would it be like if, you know, Sarah hadn't gotten saved or Pam hadn't trusted the Lord. Who would have counseled those people? Who would have you know help get your kids back on track or you know you wouldn't right no that's a good thought interesting I had somebody tell me that what if God hadn't used you to start life issues and uh, you know those are 
and it would be like Mordecai telling Esther, you know, God can rescue from some other place, but Esther, he's got you here for such a time as this. And if, if you don't come through and you don't, then God can save some other way. But anyway, it's just kind of a, a neat thought that I, I, I wanted to leave us with today. What, what if Leo and Amita hadn't trusted Christ and, you know, little Amy wouldn't be going to church camp or whatever, you know? And what if Brian Hedges hadn't gotten saved? He, you know, this church wouldn't be here. I'm just thinking, like, with what, you know, the theme was and what you're saying, did, you know, did, was, can you think back, was there a time where you went through some suffering uh, prior to starting life issues? Mm. Uh, because part of our suffering can be to to rebalance us, get us back on track, and then, you know, God's plan. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it's just something to think about. Mm-hmm. I can think about some of my suffering. I mean, I could go backwards and think and then see, like, the outcome. Maybe that's when I decided to start working with life issues or maybe, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I have to share. Because of two of my siblings coming to the Lord, that's how my parents became saved. Really? We rode a church bus, and we started getting so worried about our parents' salvation. We really did, hmm. you know, and I remember that. Yeah. So my sister would help get us all ready, and, you know, and so that's really powerful. Mm. That I think I'll always remember it was by going to church that mm. we, you know, got a burden. We knew about God, but we didn't know the salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so because of our siblings getting saved, then my parents started going to church. Yeah. That's really. That's a good. Kind of got a good happily ever after, but yeah. <clears throat> what if? What if you wouldn't have? Yeah. Emma, are you and Pam thinking about anything as we're talking about that? Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought, I've mentioned it before, because someone told me about this like 20 years ago, just a a way of looking at it. A lot of times I don't know where God's taking me, but I can always turn around and see where he's brought me and really see his hand and his fingerprint in my life. Mm. So you know, I can be comforted in that, that I, I mean, I know where I'm going. But I know where I'm See, yeah, you like see, with us, you know, getting going broke and all that. I mean, it's yeah, fine. It's you can see God's hand in your past. Yeah, mm. you can see what He's done. Yeah, Friday night with Dave and Shannon, and yeah. what in particular were you talking? Are you thinking? Well, how God works things together to get them together. Yeah, so that He could work more on Dave than uh-huh. Dave was right there, you know, he just kept skirting the, the issue until he met her. Yeah. And that seemed to make the difference in how he relayed yeah. to God. He was, he was running from God. Uh-huh. Yeah. And was they close. were suffering, they were yeah. suffering. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. Huh. Well, and also, you know, if, you, if God doesn't use you, if you hadn't gotten saved or somebody hadn't gotten saved, he would use someone else. Like he would find somebody to do those things. So that's good. I mean, his, his you know, job still gets always, always. But then you right. get the blessing from. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And Jeremiah would have too, wouldn't he? I mean, looking back, I'm I'm guessing he is glad that pasture hit him in the face, and 
he spent the night in the stocks. It, it, I'm guessing that suffering <clears throat> turned out for good. And yeah. and he had followers like Baruch, and there were several other guys that were like in Jeremiah's posse. Yeah, yeah. They would see what Jeremiah is going through, and that'd be a comfort to them. Yeah. Yeah. And this is really, you know, pretty sad, but it's true. My cousin's death is what really brought her dad to the Lord. Huh. No, this is a cousin. No, a cousin that was at 16. Her death, she always said that she would give her life, that her dad could be saved. He was an alcoholic. He got to himself. He did. He did. After 40 days of suffering, he gave his testimony. And he had no peace and come to the huh. You know, he was in the, oh, cycle of power. Which one died? It was about 40 years ago. 16 year old daughter. Oh. Yeah, she had a cousin. Like a, oh, wow. The, the dad of the daughter. Yeah, so maybe the people online can't hear as well, but we're just hearing testimonies from our group and Sherry sharing a testimony of a, a cousin that yeah. died tragically young and. The alcoholic father, days later, gave his life to the Lord, and so, so yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem to be pleasant when you're going through stuff, and but yeah, we're better for it, and uh, God's using it. <clears throat> and I've heard Brian uh, tell me that you know usually, not just sometime, but usually. Especially with a religious person, he says that it usually takes God to orchestrate some type of tragedy to bring them to the Lord. You know, they're not just going to hear it at their church, or they're not going to. But it, it may take a car wreck or the death of someone, or to bring a religious person to, you know, you know, tr- taste the Lord and see if He's good. So. Anyway, did everybody get all their blanks? And we can close up a little early today, but I think that's a good place to leave it. Just maybe if you're going through suffering right now, just try to examine what, how God is working that for good, and good can come up from it. And uh, hopefully, we learn from our mistakes and we don't repeat them. I know it was it was very. Uh, I mean, it it was hard for us to move to a different house just this last, but it was really hard to move from the farm down here because, you know, we just kind of had to sell everything and move away from everything you'd ever known, you know. And, uh, but, I mean, I, I tell people almost every week, I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm working inside where it's air conditioned. I mean, it'd be, it'd be really bad to be like Emmett having to work outside every day. But uh, so I mean, there's sometimes you miss the farm, but uh, most of the time I'm glad it's 40 hours a week and it's pretty stable. The checks coming in, you don't have to worry too much about weather and some of the related gambles. But anyway, well, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us online. I'm gonna close off in prayer here and get out to our table, and and we will see you next week for chapter 21. So let's uh, pray. Lord, I ask you to dismiss us now with your blessing. 
It's good to contemplate uh, even our own lives before we came to know you as our Lord and Savior. And, and Lord, I pray that you'll uh, pick us up and use us all our days. I know we're not just here so we can go to heaven one day, but you want to use us uh, to reach others. And So, Father, we just uh, dedicate ourselves to you fresh today. and. Pray your blessing on the main service, and uh, I do pray for our life issues walk that we can uh, use the funds wisely to uh, reach more people that are hurting, and you know uh, they're just more and more falling away uh, before you return. And so, <clears throat> help us to help others, and uh, dismiss us with your blessing. And uh, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I'll we'll close off here. No, it's good to be back. It is. When you were reading, I thought, gosh, you have a nice voice. Like a radio. I'm a part of the